Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back, of course, to Hunting for Purpose. You're on the podcast. I assume you tuned in for a reason. This episode is a little bit different. Uh, Normally, when we have guest episodes happening on the Hunting for Purpose podcast, it's somebody coming in to share their expertise or to have a conversation with us about, you know, manifestors and how they receive manifestors. Um, Today, we are, if you haven't realized, we're in the thick of the launch for our Manifestor Mastery program, which is open for its fourth year now, which is wild. And so in this episode, I'm actually bringing you a couple of different previous students, starting with beautiful Emmy, who is going to just start chatting in a minute. It's very great. She's a little nervous, but she's going to be brilliant. She's going to be amazing at this. Um, I wanted to bring you just some genuine conversations with previous students so that they could have an opportunity to share What was the experience like for them journeying through the Manifesto Mastery program? Why did they do it? And most importantly, what has happened since? I mean, the integration is really where it's at for any investment. That's why we do it, to see how it it changes us and how it shifts our life afterwards. So I'm bringing you both a splenic manifesto, and then we're going to be talking to Amy next, who is an emotional manifesto. So trying to get that spectrum across the different authority types, because we know that we operate a little bit differently. But I'm so jazzed to start with the beautiful Emmy, who was in round two of MMC. So that was about two years ago. Um, Emmy runs the business called Expansive Evolution. Welcome, Emmy. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here and to chat with you. Anytime I get one-on-one time with Holly Marie, it's a great day. Thank you so much. I'm going to tell my children that because my two eldest are teenagers now and they're so like, oh, yeah, hang out with mom. Great. Like, Do you know what? Other people want to spend time one-on-one with me. Like it's cool. They spend money to spend time with you. People pay me to talk to me. Come on, guys. Like this is why I need a business, everyone, because my self-worth is taking a hit just being a parent <laughs> to teenagers. <laughs> Now, Emmy, can you tell us what your design is and maybe just like a super brief overview of how did you stumble into human design? What's that journey been like for you? Yeah, so I am Emmy. I'm a 2-5 splenic manifester um, with the right angle cross of penetration. And yeah, I really stumbled into human design. I think it was actually five or six years ago when I first, first encountered it. And I think someone must have shown it to me, or maybe I was in the, you know, deep, deep interweb researching and came across it. 
And it just was a language I could not understand a single word of. So <laughs> I was like, what is this hubbulabu? Um, I'm not going to dive deeper. Like it's just overwhelming. So then I dropped it and they never went back until the pandemic hit and I had time and <laughs> I started exploring and researching um, again. And I don't remember what the prompt was. Honestly, I think maybe I was maybe talking to a friend and they had brought it up or it was like a friend of a friend. And then I revisited it, pulled up my chart, read about what it means to be a manifester. And that's when things really started to click. Mm. Um, and I felt more seen than I had ever felt um, by a system. And honestly, even by a human, like by mm. a person, um, there were just things that it said about me that I even myself hadn't consciously um, integrated and yeah, it just changed my life. And that's where the the snowball started rolling. Yeah. And I think I started researching like crazy. So then I found the Manifestor community, which was under your name earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, that's when I learned about the program, the Manifestor Mastery Certification. And then I think, yeah, it was round two that I joined in 2021. Well, that's kind of how it happened. Crazy. It's crazy that that was in 2021. <laughs> now we're in 2023. And you know what I love too is that every single manifesto that I speak to, it's like we all have exactly the same experience coming into human design where we all initially in some way say, no, mm -mm, no, nah, I'm not interested. I'm not doing this. Like it's either like, I don't have time. This is just another system. This language doesn't make sense. Like, don't tell me who I am. It's like it's this universal manifest response to anything that comes to us from the outside. Like I didn't choose you. So no, you don't get to come into my space. And I, that it makes me giggle because when I think about the energetics of like the system of human design as its own energetic entity, right? Because it was a it was a channeled system. So it kind of is its own, I don't know, its own little form, I guess. Um, and manifest is just constantly being in resistant fight to that. Like, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and yet we just concede eventually. <laughs> it's really good for us. Let that be a lesson to all of us. Sometimes conceding is the best thing that we can do as manifestors, right? So when you joined in 2021, I think that the setup that we had back then was that it was, I think it was all certification. I'm not sure that we were splitting the two levels, were we? Or maybe we were. I think you were. Okay. One of the things that we discuss in Manifesto Mastery is that you can run a chart based on your creative urges, right? So your program or your creation can have its own chart. Um, and MMC, as we lovingly call it, Manifesto Mastery Certification, uh, it's a manifesting generator. And so we have this weird experience of working with it where every time it opens, it changes. It's different. It wants to like shift form. And I'm at the point where I can't even remember all of the forms that this thing has been. <laughs> so I guess back in 2021, yeah, maybe we were still like manifest and mastery program and certification level, but you came in for certification to do the whole, the whole intense journey. Yeah. Why? Why choose that? Um, I mean, to be honest, I was already thinking about transitioning for my day job mm. and having a something to be certified in 
you know, I just felt like I needed some sense of accomplishment. I wanted a sense of like possibility. That's also um, my thing is possibility. <laughs> um, view, view. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I wanted that sense of possibility of like something to expand into after I left because I knew at some point I would leave my day job. So mm. that's kind of why. And I, and I wanted to really be guided through this learning process I didn't want to just dive into books and um, random videos here and there online I wanted to be guided through the whole process um, and I mean so that's one thing and then the other thing is I had I felt like I hadn't explored anything around mastery in a long time like mm. just the concept of mastery um, you know in previous kind of career identities that I've had I certainly feel like I have mastered certain skill sets, but it had been a few years since I felt like I mastered a new thing and it felt, you know, like I felt good about it. And I felt like my life is actually moving forward and um, that I'm not stagnant. Mm. And um, yeah, my son gate of 53, my, my gate of beginnings is always like, what's the new beginning? What's the new thing? So <laughs> I love a manifesto with a sun gate in 53. It's like, you're not getting away without being an initiator. You are just, that's what you're always going to do is start new things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For myself, for other people, it's just always a revolving door of beginnings. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, so that's what drew me into it. Um, because I also knew that if something's called mastery, mm. then the whoever designed it probably put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that program. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, all of those, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I, uh, yeah, assumed correctly. <laughs> <laughs> wise, very wise. Do you feel like, I mean, focusing on that word mastery, like I chose that for a reason, moving into the, the program being named under that do you feel like that's what the experience was as a like a wide view now that you look back do you feel like it did give mastery oh absolutely I mean there's there's so much content out there nowadays with human design and nothing comes close to how deep you are able to talk about the manifesto energy type the experiences of it the challenges of it but also your own lived experience of it mm. in such a deep, nuanced um, and kind of elevated way. And when I say elevated, I think, again, that's that sixth line of yours that just kind <laughs> of like, listen, I've been through it. I've been through the tough times and here's my objective truths about it. Like these are the things that you need to watch out for um, or that you'll experience. And nothing comes close to that level of, of mastery of the manifester kind of energy type. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you remember because it was a long while ago. Do you remember what that process of making that decision was for you of going going into that investment? Because it's not just it's not just a money investment, right? Like this is a big time investment, which is a legitimate thing for a manifesto. Like when we're looking at a long term training you know, program, it's just going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of energy. That's, to me, that's almost bigger than the money. Like, can I see that through till the end? Or is this something that I'm going to get bored with and give up along the way? Um, do you remember what that process was like of making that decision with your spleen? Were you consciously making it with your spleen or were you kind of not at that point in your human design journey? 
I think for the most part, I was not at that point. <laughs> I do remember going back and forth a lot um, yeah. with the investment of time and money. Is this the right timing in my life to mm. do this? You know, that question came up. Um, I believe I probably emailed you two or three times with questions yeah. <laughs> about <Yeah>. the program. <laughs> um before jumping in I really really appreciated that you had uh some sort of like informational call that people mm -hmm. could join beforehand and that was really again it just showed your level of integrity um and just your openness and you're not kind of a used car salesman kind of approach with the, <laughs> with the, the I not to be yeah um so yeah, that was really just all of these signs to say, okay, I think I can trust her. I think I could trust this program and the content of it, the delivery of it, the integrity of it. Um, and I mean, on some level, obviously there was something on a soul level that wanted to explore this for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to explore this. I wanted to dive in deep. Um, so it was a bit of a battle. I think it was a bit of a wrestle with my mind and the logic and the rationale with what my soul wanted um but I took the leap and it was like one of the most impactful decisions I've made in the last two years so oh yeah. so good all right tell me about that tell me tell me the after story what's what has happened since manifesto mastery for you um yeah I mean oh, there's so much I want to say like I also just want to like gush about the program more because like... <laughs> I mean, feel free if you would like to, <laughs> I'm not leading you into it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, no, I like planned on sharing this. Cause I'm just like, I don't think you would ask for these things, obviously. So, um, I have to say, so after the MMC program, I actually signed up for two other programs that were longer term, like mm. over multiple months. Okay. with two other different teachers mm. and because for me um I think it's important for context that I'm a defined head and ajna mm. so taking in this information in a whole new system that I had hardly researched beforehand um sometimes felt really hard like sometimes it felt like my dense mind was like I'm struggling so hard to absorb this information <laughs> even though I really want it. And yet it feels hard. Um, and so also, because again, I was new with human design, I wanted to explore what, you know, information about other types a bit deeper too. Yeah. So um, I have to say, and I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but I so far have had you and another manifesto teacher and then a projector teacher and I could not learn very well from the projector teacher at all. Um, and she talked a lot about her open throat and just like her undefined throat. I forget if it's open or undefined, but it was, it was such a different delivery. Like it was mm -hmm. such a different delivery of the content. And I just or like went back to, to your content and was like, oh my God, I, I can see the difference. It's so visceral. And it's just like, it's very organized. MMC is very organized. Um, it's like <laughs> to the point, it's concise and yet it's so deep. Um, and if you're not ready for like a real life audit <laughs> to look at like your energetics and your relationships and your decisions and your family and your friends and your work um, and your identity and all these things, <laughs> then 
if you're not ready to do that, then like, don't sign up for it. (laughs) That is so accurate. Oh my gosh. That's so accurate. Like there were so many times that I was like, I can't watch this right now. Like this is bringing me to a whole area of my life that I'm not ready to audit right now. Far too confronting. Oh my gosh. I love it because, you know, as manifestors, when we create, when we bring forth a creative urge, like it all comes through our energy. So it everything takes on the tonality of of like us, these different aspects of our design. And um I have uh in my unconscious Mars, so this is this is where gene keys blend in. You learn this in MMC. Um, this really speaks to your vocation. So the work that you are here to do, right? This is kind of a theme that shows up across all of the work, everything that you will ever create, all the way that you show up in the world to to bring something to the world. For me, that's in gate 48, which is the gate of depth. And so legitimately, every single thing that I interact with on a meaningful level is so confrontingly deep. Guys, I get sick of myself. I promise you, I get sick (laughs) of myself. Like I'm so like, will you just leave yourself alone, Holly, just for a minute? Like, why does everything have to be so deep? all the time and people say this to me people in my relationships as well because they're like when I'm around you everything is deep I'm sorry it's just (laughs) (laughs) it's coming from me um and manifest a mastery really being still to this day the biggest thing that has ever been created through this business through the manifesto community I mean the whole thing just smacks of depth it's just like It is confronting. It is challenging. I love that phrasing of like, this is an audit. If you're not ready to audit, don't do it. Please don't do it because it's going to be too challenging. But if you're ready to take on that journey, if you're ready to, in some ways, take on that fight, I think of like, I am willing to master this. I know that mastery is an adventure. Mastery is a journey to get there. Then yeah, you're going to have to get pretty deep along the way. Yeah. And I think it really shows how, how much of that work you have done as a teacher. Like you wouldn't be able to do like share this type of content if you hadn't yourself gone through such journeys on a personal level. And that just shines through the content. (laughs) Like it really does. Even when you're not actually sharing a specific story about yourself like you can just tell and so I appreciate that again of it's 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 different if a manifester is teaching about manifestor energy types from someone who's a manifestor who has gone through such deep spiritual journey and healing and growing and unlearning and all those things to then teach about the manifestor energy type that's that's something special and I think that's something unique that you bring for sure thank you that's I feel really good now. Yeah, my forelong feels really happy. Like we've connected, we're intimate. It was me. We shared a moment. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay, so since since you finished, I mean, it's, I, I was going to say it's been an evolution. That's the name of your business. That's funny. It has, it's been an evolution for you. Yeah, I've watched you really do this kind of beautifully patient process as you've come out of the program like for some people it's so fast and rapid and intense but you've really like in the best way taken your time 
Can you tell mm. us a bit about what that has looked like? I mean, that's funny that you you put it in such a good light because for me, I felt like I just really needed to get it through my dense head, but also <laughs> to really like experiment with things, you know, mm. before I started doing readings or teaching other people or talking to other people about it, I wanted to be like, can I even grasp what informing and initiating actually means in my life? What does it actually look like in my life? What are the words and the actions and the decisions that I'm making that look like informing or initiating? Um, and how do I feel about my power? You know, I, I've done some interesting work around power um, in my past career life around just kind of organizational dynamics within teams and where power shows up. And on an individual level, I have always struggled with my sense of power. Sometimes I felt too powerful. Sometimes I felt like I'm not powerful at all. Mm. Um, so I really spent, yeah, I think probably over, I mean, the whole two years, really, I'm still working on that stuff, but um, to really explore that and really integrate that stuff. Um, and I think, again, as someone who's a defined Ajna and head, I wanted to like reiterate. So I wanted to like take these other courses and go back through MMC over and over and over so that I could fully understand it. So I could, you know, and every single time I go back to any MMC video, like literally any, I relearn something in a new nuanced way or I have an aha moment or I learned something that I totally missed the first time I heard it <laughs> and so it feels like a gift that keeps giving honestly like and I even wrote that in the Facebook group I was just like how am I still learning two years later from this course this is amazing <laughs> that's cool though it's cool like I I love the usage of language like human design is its own language it's its own dialect. Yes, it's a system, but it's all of these like um, terminology and, and phrases. It's all language. And that has just this exceptional beauty to it. And I love that we now have so many voices teaching that language, like in just different ways. Everybody is bringing their energy to it, their flavor to it. I, you know, I, I never want to get into any space of like, like who's training program or now that we've got so many certifications out there for human design, like whose certification is better than another person's, like whose course is better than another person's. They're all amazing. They're all amazing. As long as that teacher is really embodying that journey, they're really embodying their design and they're bringing something forth from that place. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's going to be impacting. Um, and I think the key is finding the person who speaks your dialect like who's who's that person um, that speaks things in a way that you really understand that it's like, oh, I get your language because I speak that same language. Um, and then it it does keep giving. There are so many layers to it. But yeah, I love, I love, love, love that you've you've gone on and you've done other courses and you've learned from other human design teachers. That's perfect. So good because we're this big collective of everybody contributing all together. It's it's so unhealthy to stick with one person as though they're the guru of all things. No, they're just, they're being themselves and they're bringing you what they can. Yeah. And it's a real, I mean, you're so right. It is resonance and it's not so much that someone's a bad teacher or a good teacher. And I didn't, I hope that that's not the message. Oh, no, it is totally resonance and just what happens to work for me and MMC really worked for me. <laughs> 
Yay. Yay. Yeah. So you recently, I mean, it's pretty recently, like in the last few months, yeah, you've quit your job to go full-time in your business. Huzzah. (laughs) (laughs) What was that like? (laughs) Um, Yes. It was actually a year. So my new year's resolution of 20, like going from 2020, what, what, 2021 to 2022, that mm-hmm. new year's resolution was actually to leave my job in the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. And um, when November, December started coming around, it was like, okay, my work kind of needs me still. I just need to finish a few things here and there. Uh, and then I'll be ready and they'll be ready, not ready, but they'll be a little bit more comfortable for me to go. So I actually gave three months notice to my job and they were very thankful of that because they were like, no one does that. Um, it's two weeks notice, which is standard, I think, for most places. Mm. Um, so when I did that, I kind of was already planning on, you know, offering human design readings. I had done a bunch for friends and I had done just like very low cost ones just as practice for myself um, for about a year and then I um, started thinking about branding and I was thinking well what do I call this thing Um, and it literally took me only like 10 minutes which is very quick for me normally this would have taken me I don't even know days and weeks um but this word (laughs) (laughs) it slows things down yeah right (laughs) And this one word came up, which was expansive. And as I thought about kind of this feeling of the manifestor um, signature theme of peace and freedom and and like expansion was the word that just kept coming Mm -hmm. through, even through your classes, you use the word expansive so often. And before even like before this course, I had never really been exposed to that word. Um, and the first few times you said it, I had to literally Google it because I was like, I don't quite understand what that means. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> and I was like, I get it, but I don't get it. Um, and so the more and more I contemplated that word, I was like, yeah, that just feels so good. It feels so right and aligned for me. Um, and it felt like a feeling that I wanted to offer to clients. So, mm-hmm. um, And then I think again, with my incarnation cross and maybe the gate of beginnings, it just felt like that evolution, that constant evolution of, of newness, of beginnings, of growth, of getting to um, new experiences of life and new phases of life, like that just expansive evolution. It just clicked for me. Mm. So um, that's how you inspired my new little business name and yeah I was so excited to share that story with you oh that's so cool that's so cool you know how as manifestors like we say something and then we forget that we've said it because (laughs) we're just we're just talking like we have so much coming out of our throats all the time we have no idea how it's impacting what it's doing how people are receiving it (laughs) nothing at all and it's so mind-blowing when people reflect stuff back and say like I heard what you said and it impacted me like I don't even remember saying it, but that's like so cool. I do use the word expansive a lot. I do because to me, I I think if we were going to use any other word to describe our signature theme, if we took out peace, it would be expansive. It would be expansive because that's what peace feels like to us. It's almost like the word peace is misleading because it mm-hmm. then gives us this idea that our um, being in alignment for us is 
meditative and, you know, soft and gentle. It's actually not. Alignment for us is this um, balance between the push-pull. It's like being expanded and grounded at the same time. It's the that sense that anything is possible. Anything is possible and I can do it or I can not do it. Whatever I want to do is under my control here. So um, it's like oxygen, yeah? And to me, that that always feels expansive. If I can breathe into something, breathe into a space, it's like, oh, I'm in alignment here. I'm in alignment. Yeah. Even if I take no action, I'm in alignment. So I love that. I love that that inspired your business yeah. name. And look at you, you made it off your conscious sun, which is your branding so cool bringing gene keys into it <laughs> there's so, a method to the madness there is a method to the madness also gets taught in mmc of course like level two we go through how to use gene keys to build out your business it's very helpful <laughs> everyone loves that it's called the pearl sequence and people lose their heads over the pearl sequence it's it's it was huge for me that was really pivotal for me in my journey so i understand how that's you know so um just ground shaking for a lot of people when learning that too so now you quit your job and you're how how far into doing the business full-time are you how long ago did you quit your job um I quit my job two weeks ago okay so you're like fresh fresh (laughs) super fresh like in terms of full-time yes um part-time for I'd say a year so it's been kind of there it's been existing percolating in the interwebs but yeah (laughs) and what do you do what do you do in your business tell us about that um well I'm offering uh readings one-on-one readings um I do offer the manifestation reading which I also learned manifestation approaches from MMC so I'm offering that as well as just like you know introductory kind of readings um as well as a healing reading healing has been such an important part of my life journey and um you know working through trauma and stuff so I have a healing reading as well. Um, I'm offering little guidebooks that I'm calling them. I used to call them reports, but I feel like that just sounds so academic. So um, I'm offering little guidebooks. And I realize how much human design is actually, it's not just like, this is who you are. There's almost always a tactic or a strategy or an approach Mm. with this is who you are. This is how you are. And so I was like, there is a guidance. There's always a guidance element to it. And I was even thinking about, you know, the title of a human design reader. Like, I think we could all call ourselves a human design coach or advisor or something that advises because as a reader, you're just reading a chart, but human design always couples. Here's the guidance associated with that design. Yeah. Like always. So anyway, I had that aha moment today. Um uh yeah, so a guidebook. Splenic. This and- is like splenic manifesto in real time, guys. Like I just had this moment. <laughs> just landed on me. Here it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, very splenic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'm soon to um start developing a course, which I'm very excited about because my previous career was in innovation and social change work. And so I'm coupling human design with that systems change kind of work um yeah so I'm kind of bringing in like circuitry is a huge element of that um, in our process of evolution as humanity um and I'm kind of thinking about creating it for 
individuals who work in systems change or social change and finding out what your actual design is so that you can find the most aligned way for you to contribute to change. Because um, mm. my background is just, I've been burnt out so many times in the grassroots community work that I used to do. And I know so many others who also were so burnt out to the point of just leaving quote unquote the work. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe perhaps they're following this sort of change work on a personal level with friends and family, but leaving community work because it was just too exhausting. And sure, like there's obviously systemic reasons for why just the entire charitable sector is exhausting because mm. most of all lack of funding, um, but, and also just constantly fighting systems of oppression. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think the more that people, it's also changed since I've been in that work. And so I think more and more people are seeing it in more flexible identities and it that it doesn't have to be this full-time job or that it has to be, um, you know, black or white in that sense. And so I really wanted to open up this concept of who am I in this world? And the more that I know how to use this bundle of energy that I've been gifted with, the more that I know how I make change. What is my style of making change? Um, whether that's healing, whether that's artistry, whether that's in business, social entrepreneurship, whatever it may be. Um, so that's kind of my like two passions that I'm merging together, which is that personal level and the systemic level of healing and change and evolution, mm. which all comes back to my incarnation cross. So yeah, it really does. Um, <laughs> and to your profile as well, like how perfectly archetypal is oh, that yeah. the two five, right? <laughs> like the two is this personal evolution of self and the five is this big global collective evolution of self across <laughs> systems. Like, there we go, guys. She's embodying <laughs> it right here. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Thank you for reflecting that back to me. You are I think I forgot about that. <laughs> there you go. You've been informed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so I'm really I mean, that's incredible. That. That's so incredible. How marvelous. And I um I mean, anytime I hear about um a manifester doing this not just innovative work in a space, but doing initiating like groundbreaking work like you're actually kind of breaking through the existing soil in that area to say hey there's a convergence here we've got you know an existing system of language of understanding self and we've got existing systems of um, you know charity not for profit the two can come together and actually be useful they can be symbiotic it can create something new and I mean what that speaks to me of is that so often as manifestors, I think we really question, like, is this thing that I want to birth? Like, is it new? Like, is it cool enough? Like, has it, especially when we bring that into business, right? Then we're all, we're all getting caught up in that. Like, is this fresh? Is this exciting? Has somebody else done it before? It's not always about creating like a never before seen concept. Sometimes it is this birthing of I have this background. I have this experience. My life's journey has been the collection of this knowledge. And I also have this awareness of energetics. And I can I can be the person that births the two of them together into something. And that's, in my belief, that's legitimately how manifestors change the world. Is that like we're these weird kind of quirky, crazy visionaries <laughs> Being like, these two seemingly opposite things, they actually fit together, guys. So, like, 
come on board, come and listen along, right? And, and we'll just carve out our own little space doing it. We'll just, whether we want to call it niching or not, right, that has its own connotations, but um, we do. We just carve out our own little section of the world where we do that until we don't want to do it anymore and then we'll carve out another section. So I love hearing that you're doing that. Oh, my gosh. To me, that's like, ta-da, like <laughs> golden moment, manifest her in alignment. She's doing her thing. Like <laughs> She's just there doing her thing. I mean, I get so excited about that. I have no interest in like the not-for-profit sector whatsoever, and I'm excited. <laughs> What's she going to teach? Oh, my goodness. That's a sign that this is a really, really good thing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're super welcome. You're super welcome. Um, so Emmy is also one of our readers through the Manifesto community. If you haven't checked that out at all, we have a, a kind of a whole selection of different readers of all different energy types, all, sorry, different, um, they're all manifestors, but different nuances within that. So different profiles, different authorities, all doing readings in a slightly different way, of course. And that's all on our website. Emmy is one of our readers there, but you can also go directly to Emmy and to her programs um, to get readings with her. So all of that, we'll list all of that in the show notes so people can get in touch with you to get a reading. Is there anything else you want to share though, before we wrap up? Are you feeling like you've you've spoken? <laughs> Let me see. I did take notes before Course I came did. in. Once again, define Ajna. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say today? <laughs> I hope everyone is seeing like the beautiful nuances of differences between manifestors here. Like I'm a splenic manifester. Emmy is a splenic manifester. Other than that, we got a lot of big differences, right? <laughs> <laughs> we approach things really differently. <laughs> So funny. I think I only had one other thing I wanted to share, yeah. which was that the MMC program is, it's so cool because every time I return to it, it's not just a teaching. It's not just, here's the information you need to know. Almost every time it's inspiring. It's re-inspiring. It's reinvigorating me. Um, and so I, it's interesting when we use the language of this is a course or this is a class or this is a teaching because it's actually also like a fantastic coach just like cheering you on every time you listen to the videos about <laughs> being a manifester um and I just yeah I, I just noticed that because I also like reviewed some of the videos today just to prepare for this and I was like yeah, yeah. I feel so revved up right now I just feel so <laughs> empowered right now <laughs> Thank you that's for the so reminder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's so nice. Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's the, the basis of the Manifesto community. I think, I think that's why this whole community, community, sorry, wanted to be birthed. I think that's why this, this came through that um, it's, you know, what we get a lot of beautiful feedback from a lot of manifestors, which is glorious, you know, saying, oh, I feel seen and, you know, I feel really accepted and, there's a space for me that's so wonderful and that's so beautiful um and what really excites me is when people say stuff you know like you just did of like I actually feel encouraged like I, <laughs> I actually feel celebrated and like bigger I feel expanded ha <laughs> um, because like that's what it's meant to be I think that manifestors need a space where it's 
um, we're our own cheer squad. Like manifestors have this extraordinary ability to really notice other people and to grow and catalyze other people simply by saying, I see you and I'm informing you of what I see and I love it, right? It, like that is just this most sacred exchange from a manifestor to anyone. And so to witness manifestors doing that to other manifestors, it's like, whoa, that's cool. And this thing becomes something so outside of me. I'm not the only one here like cheering manifestors on. And that's one of my favorite things about MMC now that we're so many years into it is that there's this kind of lineage. There's this like ancestry of manifestors who've gone before who are still, um, you know, in the Facebook group and, and still talking about it and still engaged saying like, yeah, oh my gosh, you got a creative urge. Like, yes, that's amazing. (laughs) Celebrating you. You went through the pearl sequence. Like, yes. Yes, Manifesto, you did it, right? <laughs> I love that because who is better as a cheerleader than a manifester? Because you know they are not doing that out of obligation. They're doing that because mm. they want to and they see something really valuable in you. And that's just, whew, like that is healing and encouraging on a whole different level. Yeah, I mean, that is so true. Definitely not doing anything out of obligation in that group. <laughs> And it's always like this, like, I don't know where this came from, but this is a creative urge. And we're all like, I'm this. Everyone's it's like, so it doesn't make any sense. And it's great. Yes. <laughs> the more it doesn't make sense, the better it is. <laughs> suddenly you don't feel so weird. Like suddenly you do feel like you've got a hype squad. Like, oh yeah. It's really true. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because some of the manifestors that have come through um, the manifestor community and have booked readings with me, I think what's so common is that they don't identify with this all all powerful manifestor things that they read Mm. online and they come and they're like, okay, I just don't really, am I really a manifestor? Is something wrong with my chart? (laughs) And, you know, we talk through Yes, you are a manifester. I've double checked your chart. And um, here's how it's nuanced, right? Like here's the intricacies of that identity or that um, energetic aura that you have. And it doesn't come overnight. You're not going to overnight suddenly be like, wow, I am powerful. I am a manifester. Unless you already felt that way about yourself in general. But for a lot of the clients that have come through, they're kind of like, I kind of get it, but I don't see myself as this all powerful manifester person. Yeah. Um, and I really think that if you feel that way and if you're struggling to identify with that or identify that those traits in you or in your life, then, you know, MMC helps you to, it helps enlighten these kind of intricacies and nuances and, and challenges of being a manifester. Um, which just grounds it, you know, it just makes it so real. And it's like, okay, I can see the good parts and the challenging parts. Now I can see how that plays out in my life. And yes, I can see where I'm powerful and I can see where I'm screwing myself over sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Self-sabotage, one of our very (laughs) traits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, if that's you, I think MMC definitely is, um, it's an interesting and very insightful program for you if that's how you feel mm-hmm. <laughs> out there. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Emmy. I so appreciate you and your honesty and your willingness to give us your time and, and just your vulnerability in sharing like what, what your journey has been and where you're at. I'm legitimately cheering you on from the actual opposite side of the world. Um, <laughs> just loving, loving watching how you become more and more of yourself and claim more of that space you know within yourself and outside of yourself it's the most remarkable journey to watch a manifesto to go on so thank you for letting me be a creepy line six and observe it and (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being willing to come onto the podcast and share that with people um I think one of the most uh important things that you touched on while we've been talking is that experience of decision making as a splenic manifesto is that we still feel fear through that process right like it is a scary process the bigger the decision that you're going to make the more fear is going to come up because the spleen is the center of processing fear so um i think for splenic manifestors in particular making the decision about mmc or or anything else understand that fear is part of the part of the deal it's part of the process and um not necessarily um a no right fear doesn't mean stop run away (laughs) or this is not for you in fact it usually means the opposite usually a fear is coming up like that's a that's a drawing inwards into that energy and um, I love how you represented that battle between like that logic in your mind and then coming back to self like (laughs) okay this is where my soul wants to go yeah but 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 yeah but this is where my soul wants to go so I think for speaking as a splenic manifester myself when I'm making really big decisions, especially ones that involve money and time, um, it is I, there does come a moment where you just have to jump, like one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You, you do. You just got to jump off the cliff like it's, I've just got to quit my job. That's it. I just got to do the free fall um, and just trust that if I'm following that intuitive instinct, that that little voice that whispers and says yes, this is safe, even though you're scared, even though it's illogical, even though it doesn't make sense, even though there might be better timing, even if you still have questions, like you, at some point you've got to jump um, and your spleen is never, ever, ever going to say to you, now is the perfect time to jump. Go now. It's perfectly great, right? Like your spleen is always going to be like, we hella scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we should probably do it anyway. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's where the greatest <laughs> lesson is, I think, for us as splenics. Yeah, and I think for me, it was, you know, sometimes I ask my spleen questions. I mean, at the time, I didn't know anything about me being a splenic authority. So when I made the decision, I remember, I think, asking myself, should I do it? Which was a yes or no question. But anyhow, <laughs> I asked myself that. And I think it said yes, or it said now. Like at some point, it just told me, just do it just mm-hmm. do it or just mm-hmm. do it now. And it never gives an explanation, right? We know this about the spleen. So no. I would try and follow up with explanation questions. And I'd be like, but why is it a good investment? Will it help me in this way? Da, 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 da. And, <laughs> and it's not answering me. It's like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so I resonate with but that. the spleen just comes back and it's like do it now and I'm like you are so stubborn I mean I don't know if I should trust you or believe you what's spleen <laughs> is so stubborn it's like the sassiest inner authority I swear because it's just like no I gave you my answer and now if you want to 
follow that up with any other questions. Like you're speaking into the void. Mm -mm. Exactly. Silent treatment. Mm. Absolutely. It's rude. (laughs) It's so rude. That harsh best friend that like has all the best intentions, but it's just like so blunt. It's like, okay, thanks. (laughs) It loves hard. I think that's the spleen love language. (laughs) Tough love. It's so accurate. I'm just having a happy little moment with my spleen right now. (laughs) Like, I love you. You're great. You sassy little queen. So good. Totally. So, yeah. So for anyone splenic out there, they may not tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) Just jump off the damn cliff, okay? Stop trying to ask your spleen follow-up questions. She's not giving you anything. Nothing. (laughs) Right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Emmy. I so appreciate you being here. Of course, we will put, as I said before, uh, all of the links to all of the beautiful work that you do are going to be in the show notes. And I really, really, really encourage people to step into your space to work with you, even just to experience your energy because it's so, it's just so kind of beautiful and creative and bright and um, also incredibly calming. I always really like spending time in your energy. Thank you for sharing it with us for a brief moment in time. (laughs) It's my honor and my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to people and your audience and yourself, as I said at the beginning. Okay, welcome back to the second half of this little podcast episode. Of course, we've just spent a little bit of time talking to Emmy, who did round two of Manifesto Mastery. And now we are jumping over to Amy, which I find very cute. Emmy to Amy. Amy has done round three of Manifesto Mastery, so has quite literally just just finished, just wrapped up. So she's really kind of fresh off the Manifesto Mastery train. Um, I'm really excited to talk to Amy because it's been really beautiful to view her journey, especially as it's happened so recently. Uh, Amy is a 3-5 emotional manifester and I think is just such a gorgeous embodiment of all of that energy. So welcome to the podcast, Amy. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I am, uh, I'm pumped for whatever it is that's going to come out today. Whatever it is. Now, uh, as I said, you've, you've just done round three and we just wrapped up round three. And so uh, round three, we structured a bit differently to the way that we've previously done it. We had a lot more um, active support involved in round three. We also added uh, a whole bunch of advanced teaching, which the beautiful Rachel Vice was heading up. Um, so you came through on the certification stream for round three with extra calls and group calls and uh, extra video content to watch. How did you, I think the most important question for me is, was that overwhelming? Were you okay? No. Did you, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was, and I know I'm emotional, but there was, it was not even remotely overwhelming. As soon as I made the decision, because it is a personal decision, right? It's an investment in me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew that. And, um, I was grateful for the time that I had to make that decision for myself. And I really desired the expansiveness that was offered mm-hmm. in the, in this round. I wanted the connection. I wanted the full access to everything. I wanted everything that was offered and it never, none of it, not the content, not the calls. 
I mean, I probably, the minute that I signed up and got all of the information delivered to me, I think I registered for everything within that <laughs> first 30 minutes. Cause I'm I like, I am in, you know? And so I was a full body. Yes. I love that. Sure. I love that yeah. so much. So good. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. Let's, let's talk about you for a second. So people can get to know you. Uh, we know you're a three, five emotional manifester, which is, I mean, of all of the combinations that you can be, that's, that's like the biggest, the most intense in all possible ways. Uh, you work as a mindset mentor. Yeah. And you have uh, a lot of human design woven through your work already. And I know you come, you come from human design before this, you've done human design trainings and um, like reader certifications and those kind of things. What's, what has your journey of human design been? What's been your manifesto journey up until this point? Well, of course it took a manifester to really initiate me. And <laughs> it was a beautiful projector, a splenic projector who presented it to me first. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> appreciate it, but no, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and I'm busy. I think is probably what was going on in my head, which goes on in my head a lot. And then an, an, another fellow emotional manifester said, stop everything that you're doing right now and give me the proof that, cause I know you're a manifester too. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did exactly what she said. I stopped everything while we were on the phone together and I looked it up and I'm like, yep. And she's like, okay, you need to get a reading. Well, mm, I don't really like that languaging. I really <laughs> like being told what to do. So I just went on my own investigation and um, started digging into podcasts, day Luna girls, God love them. You know mm-hmm. how special they are to me. And I play everything on a faster playback rate, everything, me too, me every, too. every, everything. I and can't listen the, to it on normal speed. <laughs> no, Eden Carpenter. Sometimes I have to slow down for her because she talks really she fast, talks which fast. I love, yeah, which I love. But yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Six, two got so much to share. I get it. But those day Luna girls, when they were sharing with me, because of course I knew they were just talking to me, right. Awesome. Who else would they be talking to that? It was when they shared the manifester, I was like, what? Like it just was such, I'd never been so articulated, right? Without even knowing that those words even existed to explain what I knew was true. Mm. And that was such a catalyst. That was such, I mean, I am so grateful for podcasting because it is a way to have content delivered that is so accessible is so rich. You know, I mean, that's why I have my own podcast now, right? <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I get it. And I want to give back to that. That's how I started. I was like, all right, I'm going to take in as much of the, I wanted to call it free, but like, I also don't want to call it that because everybody puts so much value into it, you know? So I wanted to cautiously share, but it's just like, that's how I started. And then I got my first kind of quote unquote education from an MG sort of like it, it was very, um, broad in what I took in. And then I went to a, an emotional projector. And then I went to, um, the day Luna girls in Costa Rica. And I, you know, was a part of their retreat and that beautiful intensive training. And then I did another, some MG stuff. And I was like, why am I not learning from my people? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's really, that's, I knew that there was something missing and it wasn't that I didn't have the foundational information. We have access to that but I wasn't putting it in the way that was through my lens, right? Like I wasn't, and that's what the gift that you offered Holly, like in so many ways, in so many ways, I heard things differently 
because we were looking at everything through the eyes of a true manifester, mm-hmm. you know, and that felt, that has felt so different. It has changed me in ways that I don't know that I'm going to find the words for maybe, maybe with more reflection, I'll be able to, but right yeah. now it's just like, it was, it was so needed and while I wanted it and I desired it. I can now honestly say it, I needed it for me to be able to embrace and embody my uniqueness, right? Mm, thank you so much for that. I feel like there's, there's this very indescribable place. And I, I love the words <laughs> you're putting to it. I'm also like, I don't quite know the words. I don't know how to explain this, but there is this aspect to being a manifester that is a different kind of language. Like we need to hear it differently, to receive it differently. And um, I don't know that I'm ever fully sure whether that is just that we need to receive it from another manifester, like because we just need their energy to initiate us because we inherently know what initiation actually feels like. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we don't really ever get initiated by someone else unless it's another manifester. And there's this kind of like equal, like you initiate me, I initiate you, like we're on the same playing field. Um, or if there's something in the way that specific manifestors deliver specific things to other manifestors that is really powerful. But um, regardless, it exists. It's it's kind of a thing. And what I love about your story is that you've, like you didn't kind of just brand new come into human design. Like you had an extensive learning catalog behind you and I've never heard you discredit any of that catalog because mm-hmm. this is not a comparative thing it's not a you know like oh we're learning from a manifester is like that's what you've got to do this is the one direct pathway it's in your story it's this kind of cumulative experience um do you feel like even though because even though in manifestor mastery we go over all of those same fundamentals the foundations of the human design system just like you would have in every other training did you receive that differently did that feel like repetitive for you to go through that again it was not even remotely repetitive. And by the way, we all need repetition to let this stuff sink in because this is very different than what we're initially taught in, you know, or <laughs> years and years taught. But um, I heard it so differently, Holly. There's something to be said to have the information delivered from by and to our same energy type. I just can't like my beautiful projectors. They're just like, they put us on such pedestals. They think so highly of us manifestors, which is just delicious. You come out of there feeling like a queen. You do, you You float around like royalty. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But yet there's some of this darkness, this mystery about us that I'm like, okay, they see that, but I don't necessarily see that. Mm -hmm. And then when it's delivered in the way that you were able to deliver it, while yes, there was some repetition, there were nuances to it that I was able to grasp onto for me in my experiment. And I also have an emotional manifestor son, right? And so now he is so ingrained in all of this. Like he's so entrenched in it and loving it. And that's delicious for me. And I have a ton of other manifestors in my life. And it's just, it was, it was, I'm going to use the word for me. It was necessary for me to have this other way of receiving the information from someone that gets me. Mm -hmm. And the initiations that I felt were so different 
than the other trainings that were also beautiful, but it gave me such a comprehensive, I mean, I've been doing reading since 21, right? Like, yeah. but, but this has just opened my eyes so much in such a profound way. Again, hard to put words to. Yeah. We had, we had a really little cohort for round three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we had uh, seven of you all together and, and maybe like four of you were on the certification track, um, which was super unusual because we normally have a number, like a much bigger number of people coming through Manifest and Mastery. So that was really curious for us as a team that we just kind of got to watch what the energy of the program wanted to do. And, uh, you know, by the time that we kind of closed doors on, on the round three sale, and, uh, you know, we saw the people that had come in because uh, a lot of the team members that I have are splenic. We're, we're all of our core team members are splenic <laughs> over here. So we're very like, what is in our team? We talk about the spiels, the splenic feels, right? So we're yeah. like, what do you spiel about this? Right. And I have to credit Tasha, my VA for that. She's, she's the origin of the spiel. Can't take away like the, you know, the manifesto owned that she created that. Um, but what we really spelt altogether was that that round wanted to have a level of intimacy that there needed to be this kind of cohesion in the relationship amongst the people that were doing it together um and I I felt that you were so integral to that like you're so you've been so involved in all of the relationships mm. what was that like what what was it like doing this journey closely with other manifestors it was the, it has been the light of my existence without mm. fail. I can't. Okay. My main sun gate is 36. Let's yeah, just put that right there. That. Can we talk about that in a minute? Yeah. Let's get around to that. <laughs> and so literally after I signed up, I was already in the midst of some real chaos and crises in my beautiful little family. And it has been a whirlwind. Mm. And one of the reasons why I know I was called to do this when I was called to do it is because it has helped me navigate all of the crises that have been occurring. You know, my children have both really had some challenging health stuff. You're no stranger to that. And it is, it is, um, it can really rock you off of any kind of equilibrium, right? Like I have just been... And so these have been so grounding. They're like, okay, I'm coming to my people. And it's not because I was coming to my people to just vent about all of it. I was just sitting in community with people that got me, that people that understood me and I felt held and it felt safe. And I don't care if two of us were there or four of us were there. There was just some kind of magic that we created and the way that we learned from each of our experiences and everything that shared, you can't put a price on that. Mm. Yeah. It's priceless. There's something about doing things with other manifestors. I, you know, it's, again, I've never quite been able to describe that either. And I feel that just as the facilitator for all of these things, when I come into like a digital room or even a physical room full of manifestors, I'm just like, whoa, yeah, whoa, what, what is this? I like, I am as much initiated by all of the manifestors around me as I am initiating through my work. And I think that always surprises people. I'm like, oh no, you initiate me so much. And I, I can't, I can't stop that from happening because you just, you're always around me. But um, I love that. 
I love that you got to have that experience. And yeah, we did. I mean, looking back, there was a lot of very kind of deeply uh, emotional life experiences going on. I mean, we had people having surgeries and getting divorced and like sick children and babies being born. And there, there was there was a lot happening for like pretty much everyone. Um, and I guess, I mean, my spleen is really happy in this moment because now I get to see, ah, that's what the intimacy was for. That's why so you much. Know, it's out this way. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and I, I just really empowered myself to have that deep trust, you know, to when I was making my decision, you know, you and I were touching on, you had offered containers to be able to like vet out if this was for you and, you know, you did it by authority and the way that I'm designed, I'm a split. And so my solar plexus and my throat talk to each other. And my spleen and my root talk to each other. And I've operated off my spleen and my root forever, dismissing all of that emotional Avoid stuff. the emotional wave. <laughs> yeah. And so I, it, it was important for me to let both of them be heard, right? And both of them. And I felt like I was able to do that in my decision-making process. That was honored for me, which empowered me to really honor the, you know, the waiting, but yet- um, really connect with and attune to the knowing, mm. right. And, and marrying those two was so simple. It just, mm. it, for me, it was just, there was never a moment. It was like, am I going to do this or am I not? It was more of, I'm giving myself the spaciousness to know that this is the right investment right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then once I did, there was no turning back. Yeah. Then you, you initiated yourself. You're on yes. Way. Yeah. I think that's a quirky yes. little thing about being a manifester. Hey, that um, once we've made the decision, we've initiated ourselves down a pathway. That's oh, it. Yeah. And, and it's always going to turn out in some beneficial way. Sometimes if we've made a slightly incorrect decision, that can be a painful journey down the road. And um, we've learned, we learn a great deal through pain, but I find that mostly for manifestors, if, if we're connecting in with that sense of self, that inner voice, that inner authority, whatever language you want to put to it, we're initiating ourselves into exactly what we need, even though we don't know that we fully need it all. It's right. just that sense of, well, I'm going to do it because I yeah. want it. And once you're on that pathway, it's great. It's great yes. for you. It's I, We are our, our own best advocates, even without the full scope of information about what an experience is going to be. I think that's so cool about our sovereignty as a manager. Yes. Like I, I can be blind about something and still make the right choices for me and initiate mm-hmm. myself in the best way. It's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You're- and I feel like Holly, yeah. I feel like I am much more empowered to do that because of the focus on seeing and in, in integrating and interpreting this information and contemplating, right? We get into the beautiful gene keys Ooh, yeah. through the lens of a manifester. Mm. It, yeah. it, I, I, it's not, yes, I have this comprehensive approach to that. My learning yet, this was just like way more than the cherry on top to help me see things and experiment in such a different way that I'm just like, Oh yeah. Was it having that imagery? Do you think, was it having the example of, 
of like being in the space around other manifestors who are, you know, in alignment or working to be in alignment, did that add to it? Oh my God. Yes. 100 million percent. Yes. And the definitiveness of knowing who each of these beautiful humans, who they are, what they honor, how they show up, how, you know, including you, right. It's just like, oh, I, I can do this yeah. permission granted to me, you know, and then I get to share that with the world, right? I get to my permission granted for myself. I get to initiate and create that impact out, you know, to the collective. And that feels amazing. Mm, yes. <laughs> so good. Um, your, your conscious son in 36, <laughs> can we spend a minute on that? Um, for, for those people who aren't aware of uh, what the conscious sun is, you know, it's the gate that sits in your chart that is really your most dominant energy. It, it's kind of, it's your space of magnetism. It accounts for a lot of your personality. It's the place that you operate from. It's the place that shadow triggers from predominantly. So, uh, your conscious sun gate is very, very important. And, uh, Amy, yours is gate 36, which is an emotional gate. And it's a gate of crisis that <laughs> you move quite literally move through life from one crisis to another in that cycle of, um, the crisis builds, you deal with the crisis, you reflect on the crisis, you learn the lessons from the crisis, and then the next crisis comes. Uh, plus you have a line three expression on that. So you're asking, you are doing crisis with trial and error. Like, <laughs> let's just have an adventure with it and play and see, and I really don't know what I'm doing here. So I, I feel like out of all of the people to ever make a decision on a, a big investment or to go down a pathway or to have an experience that you don't know. I mean, you are kind of like the epitome of the person <laughs> who would who would experience a lot of confusion, like a, a lot of emotional turmoil and questioning. And like, that's a big experience for someone like you. What the heck was that like? What, I mean, did you, how aware were you of, your conscious son in 36 prior to this experience, I guess is really important to know. Um, and then how have you found this <laughs> moving, moving through this as a crisis person? Yeah, I think I was much more connected that I was a three, a conscious three. I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing that my whole life. It doesn't feel hard. As a matter of fact, there have been a ton of crises in my life, but I, I, my five has helped me find the solutions to navigate through that. So, you know, I'm equipped, I'm good, but I, had not connected with the emotionality, right? I just had continued to dismiss that. So when did I learn that? Thankfully, I think it, I think this could have gone differently if I wouldn't have empowered myself to, well, I didn't really necessarily empower myself, although I say I could, because that was one of the things that I learned very quickly in Costa Rica in that training was, oh my goodness, I have both of these manifested channels from my freaking solar plexus to my throat. Who else wants these? I want to <laughs> trade these right now. Because I've been ignoring these for years. <laughs> I would like to continue doing that. And then I softened. And as the days went on, I was like, oh, wait, this actually is for me. I chose this, you know. Um, and so I didn't see it as a hindrance. I don't see it as a roadblock. And I never saw Manifestor Mastery as something that was going to be a crisis in my life. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, it actually was the thing that. I didn't know at the time that I needed for me to get through a series of crises that I had not yet experienced that quite frankly, and I've been divorced, lost family members, all the things 
these last seven months have been the hardest hands down in my life ever. Mm. And I can't fathom what my life would have been like without this container. Mm. Yeah. I think collectively we've just, this, this year has been something. It's been, yeah. It's been something. Um, and even for myself, there's been this profound sense of grounding of connection in having other manifestors around me, even just to say, yep, I'm in an intense space too. Like, yeah, we're okay. We're yes. going to handle it. Because I, I do think that manifestors feel it first. We're feeling it first. So uh, we often have this kind of confusion experience of like, I don't, you know, we get a bit individualized. Like this is just happening in my life. Like what the, what, why? what is going on? What went off the rails here? And when we talk to other manifestors, we more often than not realize there's a pattern amongst us. Yes. We're all feeling the same things. And then within a couple of months, the rest of the collective is feeling it too. Um, and I think there's kind of a beauty in that. There's like a synergy in doing that and having the ability to have a whole bunch of manifestors in your network around you. Because a lot of people just have none. A lot of people have like zero manifestors in their life at all. Um so just having those people around you, I think to it's it feels like kind of standing in arms, like mm-hmm. I'm not going crazy. <laughs> You're all feeling it too. Okay. Right. We're standing like on the battlegrounds at the forefront, feeling something that we don't really know how to handle just yet. Mm-hmm. But we're receiving it because we have to process it first. And and I feel so much gratitude because I've put a lot of my attention intentionally on my 35, 36 channel. Mm. Um, it felt great that not only Rachel, but another fellow student had that channel as well. And so, you know, you just feel, I mean, that's why, um, you feel at home, right? Like understood and accepted and not ostracized or, any of the other terrible things that we can feel from time to time as a manifester and being enveloped in that space. I did not know how much I needed that. Mm. You know, you you just, you don't know. And that's the three in me. I don't have to know I'm here for it. Let's see how this goes. You know, (laughs) I'll Um, learn it when I'm in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so I didn't, I guess I didn't to answer your question, like very succinctly, my gate 36 did not play a factor in my decision process, Mm. right? My emotionality, I gave it the attention I felt like it deserved, Mm. but my, all of my body knew it was for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did you have a favorite piece of learning? I guess, cause like, cause you're just freshly finished. So it's kind of still in your space. Yeah. Was there any aspect of, of what, cause there's so much, oh my gosh, there's so much content in this program. Did, was there any aspect that was your favorite that really stood out? Um, I, I mean, I loved level three. I knew level three was just going to be the, just mm, the, 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 the exactly what I needed piece. Right. You know, um, and in the level three specifically, like just your commentary on what it's like to be in relationships as a manifester. Oh my God, that blew me away. I think I listened to that one three times straight. I also listened to everything on a faster playback rate. Right. So I can get through it a little, <laughs> but I, I really was just like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know how 
you just kind of run on autopilot in some things in your life. Mm. And I now will no longer be on autopilot in relationships either, as it relates to me better understanding myself Mm. and the role that I play and the role that I want to play and Mm. carry versus the one that was modeled, right? Mm. By my MG parents. I'm not an MG folks. Okay. (laughs) Even though I ran like it. Yeah. Yes. Very much. So I also love the Penta. Um, now the Pearl was in, I think it was, I was in level two, level two. two. Yeah. The Pearl Mm -hmm. was in level two. Loved that blew my freaking mind, blew my mind. So loved that. Um, and have been able to incorporate some of that in the work I do love that too. But just the advanced learning that was in level three, mm-hmm. you know, again, the Penta, the relationship, some of that stuff, you're just like, what? You know, again, open permission, open yeah. permission to really um, shine the spotlight on things that haven't felt right, but you didn't know why. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's yeah. what came out of it a lot. It's like, those things just didn't feel good. They didn't feel aligned. Those things made me angry, but I could, you can't necessarily put your finger on why. Mm-hmm. And then- the advanced learning, you go, ah, that's why. I see. And then, you know, awareness is everything, right? Because then, then we can change how we do things. Awareness is everything. It's everything. Mm -hmm. We brush past it. We like see awareness as just this like little blip on the radar. Like, oh, it's just the first step. Oh my gosh. No, awareness is 80% of the journey. Like (laughs) if you are at awareness, everything else you've got in the bag. Because yes. then it's just a matter of shifting, you know, like change behaviors, change some patterns, change some neural pathways. Like you've got it, but awareness, awareness is the hard work. I always feel. Um, I also want to say in level one, because I don't want to discount the deliciousness <laughs> of level one too. I had never had the core manifestor wounds even shared. Yeah. Anything that I, any... And those, I was like, whoa. And now another thing that it's like, oh, I see that, that level of awareness of that knowing, oh, I see where that's showing up. Oh, okay. I can see it in other manifestors. Right. And it's like, um, sending them love, giving myself love in that, you know, and choosing differently for myself. Mm -hmm. So there was something in every, every, every single level. I mean, the time that it dropped and it dropped differently for me in the U S I know that, but it was just like, I couldn't wait for when it dropped that day. I'm that person, right? I'm that <laughs> waiting, person. waiting on the laptop. Yeah. I need it. I yeah. Need it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know? And then there were times where I was like, wow, not ready. <laughs> you know, like I get into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but, but that's the luxury of having it at your fingertips. And unlike any other organized training I've been in, you offer so much spaciousness and acceptance for meeting people exactly where they are. I haven't gotten on one call ever where it's like, okay, so this is the content that you went over this week. And this is what we are going to cover. Never have we ever, it's, if you did great, if you didn't great, we love you for all of it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, when I was, um, birthing Manifesto Mastery, it was, (laughs) my main focus was just autonomy always autonomy. Cause I was like, this is a beast. This, this program is a beast. There is so much in it, just um, so much investment in terms of time, energy, focus, learning capacity. And I, I really, the main thing that has always stuck with me, we've been doing it for four years now is it has to be autonomous. It has mm-hmm. to have autonomy built in because otherwise manifestors are going to feel squashed and suffocated. And um 
yeah, I think when people are aware of that, like you can start to see strategically where we've woven autonomy into every single piece of structure. Like, Yes. <laughs> there is no expectation. There is no demand. I think our only, our only due dates even are on the certification submissions and that's one at each level. That's it. That's it. You have one due date for each level. <laughs> and there's so much spaciousness in that too. So yeah. I don't want that to, you know, no. derail People anyone. Push due dates. Yeah. And while I was the student who took it in the minute it was available, I had, I was in community with other students that hadn't even touched it and they were so intricately involved in, in everything that we did. And I never felt like they felt left behind if they hadn't covered it because the way we covered it was really conversations. Yeah. Not like, okay, get your pen and pencil out. And this is what you need to know. Like all of us that are going to shut down. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> you're dead to me. We're done here. You know, like, <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. It's this dance, like never, mm. ever make a manifesto feel like they're being told what to do because they okay. just, we stop being able to receive anything when we're in that space. I don't even think that it's a conscious choice for us. I think that it's our energy that just, it puts a wall up and then that's it. You're done. You can't switch yourself back on. So um, I love, I love this program for that because it it's, I mean, the program itself, and we, we actually cover this in Manifesto Mastery. The program itself is a manifesting generator. And, um, I've always been really cautious of that. I'm like, Whoa, you know, this is like kind of overwhelming energy. The program itself has got a lot of that, like generator, you know, energy. Um, but I, I think that as long as there's an experience for manifestors where you have freedom, to choose. Am I involved? Am I not involved? Am I doing this at my own pace and my own rhythm and I'm contributing in my own way? And um, the support that's available to me is to express and to talk. Right. Yes. That's all yes. that we need. We're actually pretty simple creatures underneath. Very much so. Yes. yes. Like We just want freedom. That's all. Yes. Just give us freedom. Um, for the people who are listening who might not know, just to touch on a couple of those points on in level one, it's foundations. Um, and yeah, we go over, we go over the core wounds in level one, which is interesting content because that was, uh, I channeled that information. That's to my knowledge has never been taught anywhere else. Yeah. I don't think that it's. I've never seen it. And yeah. yeah. And you heard my, you know, roster of, you know, where I had invested in myself to learn and I had never heard that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it created great impact for me. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty revolutionary to me as it was coming through. I felt like I was learning it as I was receiving it. And that's become pretty pivotal into a lot of the work that I do and a lot of the, the ways that we create things. So um, the core wounds are, whew, yeah, they're mm -hmm. they're big. And I'm I'm yet to see it disproved. I'm yet to see. And I'm always, like, I'm always on the lookout, right? My conscious son is gate 63, the gate of doubts. I'm always applying like, <laughs> is this true? Is it not true? Is it, you know, even to myself. So um, I think the core wounds are helpful teaching. Level two, um, you were referring to the pearl sequence. That's where we start to integrate gene keys into the program. Mm. And we start, which is very like against the gene keys rules. We start with the pearl sequence, even though technically you're meant to start with the genius sequence when you're teaching gene keys, but that didn't feel correct. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Well I mean, it, and for you, that was just another reason why I loved you. And I knew I resisted digging, allowing myself to dig into the gene keys because it had been presented multiple times. I was meant to start with a pearl. 
I know, I know that. And that felt very aligned because we were doing it the way we wanted to, not the way that it was asked or I don't know what the right word is, but it's like intended, maybe intended. Correct. Was, yeah. I, I, and I was like, I don't do anything in the way that it's been attended ever, <laughs> ever, ever at all. I'm a three. Okay. I'm going to do it the way that it, <laughs> and then a you five, know? I'm going to explain that the way that I'm doing it is correct. <laughs> Screw you all. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so good. Um, I, you know, level two, we focus on business in that, that whole level. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in level two that is not even human design language. There's so yes. much brought in that is outside of human design um, because I think we need that. And the pearl sequence bringing in that gene keys aspect is so like, I have just watched every single person who learns that pearl sequence just lose their shit. Like, yes, it's, it, I don't know what it is about it, but it just radically changes things for everyone in business. It's like, I think you use the words like blows the lid off. Like it just kind of go like, yep. whoa. And I, I think that if, even if that was the only thing that got taught in level two, I'd be happy with that. That's ditto. Yeah. Cause it changes so much. Um, and level three, which I, I love that you enjoyed so much. Level three is the advanced healing level. Um, we focus again on kind of like wounds and shadow work relationships. We also weave some stuff in about how to coach manifestors, how to teach manifestors, healing modalities that are supportive. But uh, largely we bring in the bulk of the rest of gene keys into that. Yes. Um, we bring in the Venus sequence, which is hmm, tough and (laughs) the venus sequence is is all of your shadow all of your childhood and adolescent shadow that is represented through your relationships so the venus sequence is is a big one to swallow and i and i find that like whereas the pearl sequence kind of activates people straight away the venus sequence is 50 50 the venus sequence you know people either receive it and they're so ready for it and they dig into it and it unravels in their life or they're like I don't want it. I'm not ready for it. I took the information, but I'm not applying it because I, I just can't. And that was me when I first learned the Venus sequence too. I think that was in your experience too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Leave that for now. Yes. <laughs> we'll just put a little <laughs> right, right there. A little bit. I'm going to come back to that. Right. Yep. Again, that autonomy, like it's, you can take in information and not have to integrate it straight away. Yes. You can sit. Yeah. Um, and we finish off level three with the genius sequence, which mm-hmm. is in the reverse order. It's the one that you're meant to start with. And yet we finish with it. And um, it's kind of beautiful, I think, because it up until that point, there's been this whole journey. There's been this journey through like I'm rebuilding my foundations and understanding myself as a manifester. I'm applying it externally to my business um, and in some ways, you know, to my career, if I'm not in business. Um, and then I'm looking at it in all of my relationships. Like the, the Pensa refers to the family Pensa. Mm-hmm. You can run a family Pensa or a business Pensa where you're taking five charts or six charts and bringing them together mm-hmm. and seeing what roles everybody plays. The family Pensa is cool, right? <laughs> it is mind blowing. Yes. So all of a sudden and- you start seeing all those roles everyone played in your family. Like, Yes. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's fun and it's full of like information and opportunity and forgiveness and acceptance. And so, yeah, yeah, just a lot of that. And, um, 
just a really delicious way to round out the, what we've learned. And I, while I had been exposed to Penta, you know, connection charts and that kind of thing before this, because of so many things that were unlocked in the foundation and then the, the pearl and just by business sense of how to be a manifester in the world, it made that information be more available for me to integrate in ways mm -hmm. that until I wouldn't, you know, until I did that, you know how it's like, you can hear things one time and then you integrate and then you come back and you're like, wow, I didn't even hear that the first time. Yeah. I think that it it opened up so much more to be available, to be able to articulate and interpret and then contemplate and then, you know, then share with others, you know, yeah. and that has been amazing too. Mm. We've often had people uh, who want to come into Manifesto Mastery and skip straight to level two. They just want to go to the business stuff because they're like, oh, I've got, I'm, I'm a manifester. I've got the basics. I've learned the system. Like I, I just really want to apply this to my business. And I've always had a really firm boundary around that of saying you, you have to at least listen to the content in level one, mm. because we think we know, we think we know what it is to be a manifester. We don't know. <laughs> like I just, I can't, I cannot express it enough how grateful I am for level one, because without that, even the knowledge that I had, I couldn't have taken in level two and level three yeah. without level one. So that boundary that you have is spot on. I can speak to that as evidence mm. of someone who did have a lot of foundational teaching and, you know, um, but it was, it's, it was so different to hear it and see it and witness it and be initiated by it through the lens of being a manifester from mm. a manifester, you know, it's a stepping stone. It really we kind of so got to much. Like rebuild the pathway, I think. Yes. Stone yes. one. And then then it does kind of materialize. It actually does like come together in that way, as long as we've got those first few stones, I think, in the career. I mean, I know I am a better reader. I know I am a better communicator. And and if it deepened my compassion and all of that, even on more levels than it already had, but I know the way that it was shared opened up and unlocked things for me that without it, it wouldn't have, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe it would have, but year, I, I still don't feel like it would. It, it, it had to come the way it did. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your business. Can we talk about your business? What you of course. do? Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, two things, tell us about what you do. Cause I'd love to be informed and, and have everybody be informed about that. Um, but also do you know where this is taking you? I mean, again, you've only just finished. Do you have any idea of like, how this is going to impact the work that you do, or are you still kind of moving through that? I'm definitely moving through that. I'm maybe Holly, here's, here's shocking information for everyone. I might give myself my first rest cycle. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, woman do that. And, and I think that that is going to be really important because I've never done that. I came straight out of 25 years in corporate America live in my best sacral MG life. There's nothing about me that is a sacral MG, you know, um, except what but, your parents taught you to be right. Of course. Um, and so I haven't really allowed myself to regulate from mm. that, even though I've been out of it four and a half years, I've built, um, you know, as a solopreneur, I'm, I'm excited and proud of what I built. I'm grateful for the lives that I've connected with and touched and impacted. And while doing this work, especially the pearl, I am meant for much greater 
impact. Mm. And I'm really meant for it more at the organizational level. And so I know I'm desiring a rest cycle to heal from some of those wounds Mm. that I still, that are still present for me. And so while I love my one-on-ones or my little group settings of where I get to create the impact for what I do and show people, you know, I'm writing a book that's called the painstaking truth of not enoughness. And I see that so much. And I want that to end. I want that to be shifted. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to be able to do that and at, to the reach level that I want to, I see myself more in that organizational setting and speaking to people and seeing and helping them see that there's another way. And mm-hmm. do I know exactly what that looks like yet? No. And I'm okay that I don't because I'm a three and I know <laughs> I'll figure it out and I know I'll try and I'll test a lot of things and all of that is Okay. But I think it's important for me to give myself some time. Mm-hmm. Readings are literally like they're my favorite part of my calendar because you just see the look on their faces, you know, just like, and that right there removes some of the not enoughness each and every time I get the gift of doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't see myself anytime soon stop doing that because like, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And yet I know there's something bigger to come and I'm here for it. I just don't know yet exactly. Cause I have not given myself the spaciousness, right? Yeah. I haven't given myself the spaciousness to vet yeah. that out. It will come. Yeah. That urge will come. But if I don't give myself the rest, it's going to be half-baked, right? Mm-hmm. The trust in that is so profound. I feel like what a lot of manifestors experience and, and myself included in this is that because the way that we're viewed by other people is that, you know, we're so inspiring and we're creating and we're initiating and we're bringing these visions to life. And we start to take on this idea that that's the only way that we're valuable. If we are, you know, moving forward in a direction and we know what we want, we know what we're creating is that kind of like pushing masculine energy, like I've got to be initiating, I've got to be creating. That's how I'm valuable. That's how I'm accepted. That's how I'm good. That's how I succeed. In fact, really is the undertone of that message. Like, I'm only succeeding if I'm doing that. Um, When the truth of the experience for us is in fact, we never know where we're going. Like we never know unless we are in a creative urge where we have that space of like, oh, I know, I know exactly what it is that I want to create. And, or maybe I even just know the first step or two, but that's enough. Um, Outside of that, we, we don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know what the next journey is. We don't know what the next urge is or even when the next urge is coming. So I I love hearing you speak about that because there's so much energy of trust in it. And that's just everything. It's so hard, but it is everything. It's everything for a manifester. If you're not trusting yourself, if you're not trusting that kind of universal rhythm, if you're not trusting that support of whatever that may be for you, source, God, ancestors, guides, angels, whatever. Um, If you're not trusting that, you're not, you never get to the point of moving because you have to rest. You have to have the vacuum. The vacuum is what creates the next thing. It's just this kind of blind approach. And um, I feel like in a lot of Uh, in a lot of teaching programs, especially because collectively we're moving so much further into this like certification space, this kind of like qualification Mm -hmm. space, which is not bad. I think it's a beautiful thing, but um, it kind of creates this expectation for people that 
you'll come to the end of that experience and you'll know what you're doing with it, right? Like just like when kids leave school, you know, we have these like 18-year-olds leaving school and we're like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do they know? You've mm-hmm. got to, you've got to rest. You've got to integrate mm-hmm. the experience. And um, I love really watching the manifestors that, that have come through Manifestor Mastery because I can speak to them three years down the track and they're like, oh, it's come together now. Yes. <laughs> now I yes. get it. Right? <laughs> um, and some others come through and they like have a big creative urge and they know exactly what they want to do with it. Right. But it's a manifestor is going to do whatever is correct for a manifestor and not knowing exactly how you're going to apply that to your life and how it's going to make you money and how it's going to inform your business and where that's going to take you. It doesn't matter because that's, that's not the point, right? I think that if you're connected with yourself, then all of that comes in due time. Yeah. There's so much truth in that. And, you know, I have a completely open heart. And so reminding myself on the regular that I have nothing to prove Mm -hmm. I'm worthy. I'm inherently value because I am. Yeah. Not because of all these other things and empowering myself to sit with that creates a lot of peace within myself, which I desire. And I have these little micro urges, probably a couple that are macro that I haven't even materialized into the macro yet. And it feels fun and it feels exciting. And the, the trust comes from just knowing that I had no evidence leaving my corporate life that I had labeled as safe, secure, and stable as a single mom. I had no evidence that that was going to work. And yet four and a half years later, it was the bet, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I can lean into that trust that I offered to myself, even before knowing design, right. Cause I left my corporate life January 2nd of 2019 and found design in October exactly Hmm. as I was meant to, right? But I didn't have that information available. And so the more that I am learning and empowering myself and offering myself this ability to have this rest cycle, that is right there proving to myself that I'm enough, right? And that is, I think I just, I feel very called to let that be a big part of what I do. There is just something so delicious about having conversations with people. I've had three of them with clients today where they're like contemplating leaving something that they recognizing is no longer aligned and the fear that they hang on to, you know, it's real. And I know I am meant to, um, provoke that beautiful gate that I have, you know, Mm -hmm. them into shocking them out of that complacency, right. So that they can, I can initiate them into more correctness for themselves and empowering them to have full of enoughness while they do it, you know? so beautiful Amy oh my god (laughs) I love it and I would like to buy the first copy of your book please because my my core wound is inadequacy gate 48 so uh not enoughness very very familiar to me and I'm I'm always intrigued by people who speak to that aspect Mm -hmm. of the human experience because I that's there for me to continually learn from right and I love I love other, other voices adding into that space so thank you Thank you for yes. creating that whenever it is wanting to be created from you. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm there to support and cheer on. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Where where can people find you? Where do you hang out? Where can people get involved with what you do? Well, I am not as active as maybe some of my fellow manifestors, although it's interesting because I think we're all um, similar. I'm not big on social media. Um, you, my Instagram, you know, you, we can put that in the show notes. 
I, I love the personal touch. I'm a personal connection touch. So you can email me and I, we can schedule a, you know, a video chat or whatever to, to be connected, but you know, I do have a podcast. And so there are some things on Instagram, you know, about my life, but, um, probably if you really wanted to find out, it would be my podcast, you know, who I am, what I have going on. And we do everything through the lens. We are actively sharing our experience, our experiment of our experience you know, through the lens of human design. We're both like my podcast co-host is a splenic projector. She's got three right facing arrows. I have three left facing arrows. We have lots of different energy to offer. She's a one, four, I'm a three, five. And so we just give you a full, um, expression of what we experience. We're both moms. I'm, we're very, very, very passionate about getting this in the hands of parents, right? I mean, it's who it was for, it was for the kiddos, oh, but those yeah, parents right. have to decondition to get there, right? <laughs> so much. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. What is the name Layers. of your podcast? Love Human, Be Spirit. Love Human, Be Spirit. So good. So that will be in the show notes. And I'll be on in a little while guesting for you. Yay. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> we're so excited. Yeah, me too. Yes. It's going to be really beautiful. Yes. Thank you so much for for everything that you've shared i i i think it it feels important for me that people know that um you know the previous students that are coming on to do these podcast episodes you guys are volunteering for this like you <laughs> you are offering your time and your energy and um that speaks volumes to me that's an enormous gift to me i think it also reflects the level of authenticity around this that this is just manifestors informing other manifestors you know of like hey this, this might be good for you, right? This, this I mean, might be the initiation that you need. I can say definitively it was 100% right for me without question. And I have emotional authority, right? But it, it was beyond the shadow of the doubt in so many ways, exactly what I needed and wasn't even shown to me until I was in it. Right. And yeah. I'll be reflecting on this for years to come. I know that. Yeah. And what a gift. You know, you make an investment in a time period container for, you know, to get exposure, to learn some things, but yet the impact that it has on the rest of your life, I know it's going to be epic. I know it, it already has. I love that. I'm so watching. thank you, Holly. Thank <laughs> you for birthing this, right? And putting it out there for us and giving us the spaciousness to make the decision that is most aligned for each and every one of us. So thank you. It's my absolute privilege. My absolute privilege. I'll be, I'll be watching you. <laughs> On the sidelines, like, like I'm watching all the little manifestors. What are you doing? What are you doing? Let me see. I don't want to get in your way, but just let me see what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. 
Until next time, please manifestors keep hunting for purpose.